world. All right. Thank you for listening to another episode of Remake Rewind, the podcast where you decide if remakes or reboots should have happened. I'm Mike, as always. And with me, I've got my buddy, Alex. How are you doing, man? I'm always Alex, and I, I still am also. I used to do drugs. I still do, but I used to, too. <laughs> oh, Good old Mitch, Mitch Hedberg. Uh, I just like ran into like a online the other day on Facebook, just like a list of his best jokes. And awesome. it was really great just reading that. Like I could hear every single one of his jokes in his voice and the delivery. Like I used to listen to his albums yeah. all the time in high school. We used to listen to him on uh, on tour. Um, just six guys in the in the van listening to that. He's so good. For hours. It's fantastic. It was so I, good. I, I need to re-listen to or re-watch some of his stuff because it's been a minute. Yeah, I was thinking about doing the same thing after reading that that article of some of his best jokes. I'm like, man, it's been way too long. I don't think I've listened to his albums in probably like 10 years. I think I, I listen to it a lot, but I think I've only seen video of him performing uh, like one or two sets. I think I've only watched like one of his like half hour specials yeah. on Comedy Central. All right. There's our homework for there's our next episode. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, it's not what we do. We're not here to talk about Mitch Hedberg. We're here to talk about. A 1990s, not quite a classic, but a movie that Arnold Schwarzenegger did. Yeah. Uh, Mid, we're gonna be mid-tier talking... Arnold, right? I would say this is probably the beginning of the end of Arnold's career. Like, obviously, he's still around, but, like, he obviously had a meteoric rise, and he was just dominated for, you know, a good 10 years or so. And then he kind of started to teeter off. And I think this might be the get beginning of the uh, end of the plateau and the the start of the decline. Should we say what it is? Uh, yeah, we're going to cover Eraser and the uh, 2022 reboot slash, yeah, I guess it's more of a reboot, but Eraser Reborn. It should have been called Re-Eraser. 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 Yeah, I... that is sure what we're covering. I, I was kind of excited when I saw that they were making this. Like, it came out in June, but it kind of went, like, VOD, but it wasn't on, like, HBO Max until, like, a month ago or so. So, like, there was, like, a three-month window where I don't know where people actually watched this movie. But I remember seeing uh, something for it, and I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. I actually would love to go back and watch Eraser from the 1990s. Uh and then as soon as I started thinking about it, I realized there's very little of the movie that I remember. Uh, I I remember the the X-ray, you know, guns where, you know, they can see through the walls and they would shoot. And it was a rail gun. Mm-hmm. And then I remember he shoots an alligator. And that's <laughs> Your all I remember of the movie. And that's it. So I saw this in the theater with my dad. And I have like, I don't remember what the... Um, it wasn't the first like R-rated movie. Is this PG thirteen? It wasn't one of the. It wasn't the first like violent movie that I saw in the theater, but I remember seeing it for some reason. Like something about it was a big deal at the time. You know what I mean? Um, or maybe I was just very excited to see it because of the, it looked like cool technology, the X-ray and the cool gun and stuff. But I I saw it in the theater and really enjoyed it, and um, I must have watched it a ton at home because rewatching it now, there are so many moments. Uh, that are just like imprinted on my brain. Like there's a moment where um, he texts Vanessa Williams to get out of the apartment that she's staying in. And there's just like a, um, a, a two second moment camera shot uh, where she like sees the, t- she sees the the pager go off and runs over and looks at it and then like exits the frame and gets her bag ready or whatever. And like just that specific moment, I'm like, Oh yeah, I've seen this a thousand times. 
Interesting. Like, this is one that was not on TV all the time. Like, so many other Arnold movies were on constantly. Like, obviously, the Terminator movies were constantly on. I wonder if you and I have the same. We're a little, we have a little age difference. I wonder if we have the same experience with growing up with, like, HBO and Cinemax. I, I, my parents never paid for HBO or Cinemax Mm. or anything like that. So I didn't have any of those channels unless it was, like, the week where you got it for free, like, once a year. right. So I never had that, but so, you know, I would watch these movies. It's it's funny, like, so there's so many movies that I've watched hundreds of times on television as a kid, you know, on TNT or TBS or right. whatever, and then I would see them as an adult. Like, I remember the first time I saw my cousin Vinny as an adult, <laughs> like, I bought it on DVD, and I watched it, and I was like, holy shit, there's a lot of F-bombs in this movie, like, <laughs> nowhere near what I remember that movie being. Uh but this movie was not one of those. Like, I, I definitely have seen it. I've seen it more than once. Like, I remember seeing it when it first came out, and then I remember seeing it a few years later. Uh, but I just remember the x-ray shots, and that was, like, everything in the trailer was just, like, every x-ray shot. And now, in, like, retrospect, I realize they probably showed every frame of x-ray vision in the movie in the trailers. <laughs> yeah. Because it's only, like, two scenes, and it's very brief. Now, granted, I recognize it's because it's CGI, and it's, you know, 1996, so it wasn't super cheap at that at that point. But I feel like my childhood was a lie when I went back and watched this movie, because it was completely different than I remember it. And I just think it's because it's not one of Arnold's movies that you saw over and over and over again. Like, I used to see Terminator all the time, and True Lies all the time, and Twins all the time, and kindergarten cop like his movies were on constant rotation so it just kind of surprised me that this one wasn't but i kind of understand why after watching it yeah i mean like i said i think it's sort of mid-tier uh arnold like there's there are arnold movies that um are maybe arguably more interesting or better um but are not as widely known and i feel like this was after uh and this might be during his peak because he does batman a couple years after this batman Um, was the same year Oh, it was 96, yeah. wasn't it? Oh, no, it was 98. Yeah. It was so, a yeah, Batman later. was a couple years later. And then it was Terminator so, 3 after that, too. So, like, this is... Yeah, but that was already on his decline. Like, Yeah, but but also it's like a Terminator movie. Like, yeah. You know, I'm just talking about, like, popularity. I think this is a movie that was, like, very generic, and it was only remarkable because Arnold was in it. Um, yeah, that's absolutely fair. And because of the cool guns and x-ray shots, which was, like, which was not a big thing at the time. So I'm no, not, not it doesn't surprise me that they showed a lot of x-ray shots. Uh, yeah, no, not at all. Uh, do you want to summarize this one or the new one? I will do this one. All right, you got this, man. John Kruger is a U.S. marshal who specializes in erasing high-profile witnesses, faking their deaths before they can be assassinated so that they can testify in court. Kruger is tasked with Lee, played by Vanessa Williams, who uncovers a weapons contract conspiracy that ends up putting the two of them in the crosshairs of John's corrupt mentor, Sonny Corleone. There's green lights, cool guns, <laughs> and Arnold jumping out of 747, and somehow it's still kind of boring. Yeah, I remember watching this the other day. Like a round of applause is pretty good. Yeah, that was really good. I liked the uh, the the Godfather reference. A little, little humor and brevity in your yeah. summary. I appreciate well, it. That comment, that little joke is going to come back later because I, I have something else to say about it. Good, 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 good. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. A little teaser for what's to come in this episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I watched this movie on, on Veterans Day. I had the day off, so I figured I'd get ahead and, you know, do do some work while Katrina was working. And I, this movie's only like an hour and 40 minutes. Like, it's not excessively long. Um but I remember being like an hour into the movie being like, God, this it's, must be... It's an be... hour 55. An hour 55, okay. But it felt longer. I remember looking at it <laughs> yeah, going, it 
so much happened. Like it, I was an hour into the movie and I'm like, fuck, I've still got almost half the movie left. And I'm like, what else is there? <laughs> like, it was, it was, it was a rough watch, uh, to an extent. Like there was parts of it that I liked, but I got over it very, very quickly. All the stuff that I, yeah, yeah, I agree. It was, it was a rough watch. Like it's dated. And again, it's, it's pretty generic. It's only saved by Arnold's charisma and, yeah. um, and Sonny Corleone, James Caan's charisma. And that's like, that's why you cast those dudes in this movie because they elevate it. I don't know if they, Absolutely I don't know did. if they elevated enough for it to be a classic, but it made it worth watching. Um, I, I'm glad I watched it because I won't yeah. watch it again. <laughs> yeah. And like, the, you know, the, the action scenes are, are pretty decent as well for the time. Um, for, for the time. Absolutely. And that's like, like, you know, that's an Arnold thing. Like if Arnold's in the movie, it's going to have decent action. Decent. Scenes. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's it, it it felt long, and there's like long periods of stuff not really happening, and the plot is like so convoluted. Well, and there was also like a re- lot of like repetition. Like, they there's there, sorry, I was gonna say it's generic, and there's a lot of repetition within itself, but also from other movies. Like, it feels yeah, like absolutely. a bunch of other movies. No, absolutely, it does. And I remember it's funny. One thing I was a little disappointed at the beginning of the movie, John Slattery is yeah. in the movie. It's just one of the rando yeah. FBI agents, Love and it. I was like, so I'm like, hey, John Slattery, and then he never shows up. Like, right. I think he has one line where he's just like, "Hey, I'm an FBI agent." It's like <laughs> some generic FBI agent thing, like in an investigation. He's like, "Oh, she's our witness," or something. And that was it. He had like one line, and I was very disappointed he didn't come back. Yeah. Yeah, but, you know, I think that's a little uh, 2022 vision. Yeah, no, absolutely it was. Uh, I, I actually really liked the cold open of the movie. Like, the opening was pretty rad. I was like, oh, this is actually interesting. This is kind of cool. I didn't like you know, I didn't like the credits, but I liked the actual scene. You no, know, the credits were whatever. But, like, the scene, you know, he's, like, rescuing this guy who's going to, you know, inform on some sort of mob person. And... You know, he goes through and he makes it look like they're going to get killed. He actually, like, shoots the guy with this, like, shotgun thing. And the guy guy. thinks he's going to get killed. And then it's just, like, a blank with blood splatter on it. And, like, then immediately I was like, this doesn't make a ton of sense because he kills the bad guys. But one of the guys he kills, like, he, like, knocks him down. And then he, like, puts his, like, boot on his, like, neck and, like, snaps it. But then he, like, throws the guy on the front yard and then, like, shoots him and then... He also like the, he pulled a guy up from the roof with wire around his neck. Yeah, he he does all these things and then he just leaves them on the ground for like the regular cops to find him. And it's like they would still look at it and be like this guy definitely has a broken neck. Yeah. But somehow walked across the lawn and got shot. Like he's supposed to be an expert at making people look like no, that, that these crime are scene was absolute crimes. garbage. Yeah, it, it's absolute garbage. They're still there when the cops show up and they just like run out of the backyard and like a regular van and it's like you see all the cops like they don't see this vehicle fleeing from what's yeah. clearly a disaster or crime scene of some kind. And yeah. they just see this like station wagon like, oh, it's fine. Yeah. There's there's like an explosion with multiple dead bodies. Like I, I think they're going to look into it. I, yeah, I like that. You know, the point of that scene is to show that like a what Arnold does and b how good he is at his job, which, you know, it does. And then uh, he walks into the um, the police station the next day. And they have another moment where the message of the moment is, hey, Arnold is really good at his job. And you guys, you know, audience, you need to know that. But the way they do it is one of his coworkers is like, hey, uh, look at these IDs. Which one is? Tell us which one is fake. And he just looks at him and he goes, that one. And he like taps it and like smiles. 
<laughs> and I'm like, he's, what is he, a fucking bouncer? <laughs> right? Well, the other thing that's interesting about this scene, it's a little weird. So he meets his, his mentor, James Conn, Sonny, and Sonny's like, hey, Arnold. Like, it's not clear if he's actually his boss or not. We we should note that there's a lot of uh, this. This conversation happens while Arnold is hacking, and there's a lot of that in this movie. Yeah, there absolutely is. But like, he's having this conversation, and he's just like, "Hey, I've got like a budget meeting, and I've got to go like talk to our boss. So I'm not sure if I'm your boss or your peer, but I'm going to talk to you like I'm your boss. But it seems like we're actually level with each other." He goes, "But yeah, everyone's kind of mad because you blew up the house and like you killed the bad guys. Like, why did you have to kill the bad guys to make this work? It's like, what else could he have possibly done?" But then he, Arnold's like, "Well, what am I? What was I supposed to do?" And then James Conn is like. You know what? You're right. Luckily, we're still technically black ops, so we still have a little bit of like discretion. And it's just like, then why even bring it up? Yeah. Also, are they black ops? Like they are U.S. Marshals. Witsec. Yeah. They're, yeah. It's not the CIA they're, operating in a different country. No, it's not. So it's just like they're having their cake and eating it too. Smile. You've just been erased. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's silly. Um. It. Don't. Don't. I guess the crux of this this plot is. Uh, Vanessa Williams, as Lee, figures out that her boss, James Cromwell, has been selling these James guns. Cromwell is so good in the five minutes that he's in this movie, by the if way. Even five minutes. But yeah, he like really elevates that scene. Yeah. But like she she finds out that the boss is selling these railgun prototypes on the black market. And he's just like, oh, I don't care. We're not good guys. We're I'm the I'm the CEO and I just need to make money. And, you know, no, there's not enough money in the military to buy these rail guns. So we're going to sell them on the black market. And then he looks at her like button and just he's like, hey, is that a camera? And she's <laughs> like, yeah, that's a camera. He's like, oh, I hate to do this. It blows out his brains. And like, yeah, he the just, FBI like, couldn't have so planned any better. No, right. And then she has this like meeting with her lawyer and the FBI. And they're like, all right, well, we're going to put you witness protection. She's like, I don't want witness protection. And they're like. You ju- you're going to turn evidence on one of the biggest military contractors in the world. You should absolutely get, you know, witness protection. And she's like, this was your plan the whole time and everything. They're like, uh, OK, whatever. And then Arnold's like, you should totally take my protection because if you don't, they're going to come after you. And they did. And that's basically like what the rest of the movie is, just like the cat and mouse game of staying out of the the bad guys reach and then of course we find out like you said in your synopsis james Kahn is in on it and some also some senator or congressman and then like the also under secretary of defense or yeah something. and then like i guess it was i guess james cromwell wasn't the ceo he was just like a executive because like the ceo is in the mix throughout the rest of the movie it might be the new ceo i think he was a ceo yeah but then like basically at one point they get framed like what's, james Kahn. what's the name of the company by the way cyrex cyrez Cyrez, that's what it was. Cyrex, yeah, Cyrex. is the, the robot from Mortal Kombat. That's right. <laughs> the yellow robot. Um, I, I, I don't know what to really say about this movie. Like The stuff that I was looking forward to was the X-ray vision stuff. But like I said, it was few and far between. It was just The gun's not really in the movie it. that much. No, they yeah. only use it like twice. And then like I think, throughout it, the I think movie, it's like the minimum that they needed to use it. Like I wasn't, I wouldn't say I was disappointed, uh, but it was less than I thought. Yeah, absolutely. But but if they had over they could have overused it really easily. They could have. Yeah, there's a fine line. I, like I could have technology. used maybe one more instance of it. I think four. I think so. I think four one times more is what much. I would have would have looked for. Yeah, I think three scenes where he uses it. But like there's certain issues with it like it's just a big 
bright green flashlight they attach to it. Which and I think like goes Arnold... through walls, apparently. Well, like, I, I, yeah, I guess it goes through walls where Arnold can see it through the windows or what, but periodically Arnold sees it. He's like, oh, shit, and he, like, runs around. But they also explain very early in the movie that this fires uh, aluminum rods at near the speed of light. Mm-hmm. It goes through walls, so sure, it'll slow down a little bit, but how the hell is Arnold dodging things going near the speed of light like there's later on there's a scene where I, he's in the room and could see them firing at him sure and he's like jumping i think that's more operator error i don't think it's him dodging bullets i mean he's i think going like right next to him like i no but it, they can lock on like there's several points where it shows it locking onto the oh, target's yeah. like heart so like i think it might just be a bad a, movie mike yeah, but like he's lodging and weaving, and they're like, it travels at the speed of light, but we could see the blue ripples travel. And it's not in slow motion. Like, you just see the blue ripples travel through air. It's like, just don't say it's traveling at the speed of light. Like, yeah. it's such an easy fix. I think if it was really. traveling at the speed of light, also, it wouldn't knock anyone backwards. Like, when people get shot by these things in this movie, they get knocked back 20 feet, like into the opposite Conservatively wall. Conservatively 20 feet. There's one guy towards the end of the movie where he tricks him to shoot the, like, he tricks the bad guy into shooting his, the, the other bad guy. And he goes flying like fifty feet through yeah. like an entire warehouse. So yeah, which I don't know if I would change that. Like visually, that it is cooler to have somebody fly that far. But like, oh, if you get shot at the speed of light, it would just go through you, <laughs> vaporize you. Yeah, you'd be incinerated instantly. I don't care what it is. If something at the speed of light hits you, other than particles of light, yeah, electrons. you're getting incinerated. Um, I I have a bunch of notes actually. Like maybe we should yeah, just shotgun it. Um, I'm gonna come back to that one actually. Uh, at all the hacking stuff is hilarious to me. At some point, like, and but Arnold types like my dad fucking typed on AOL. <laughs> like he's just like chicken pecking with with two fingers, and he's like, "Oh no, the security is going to get to us soon." <laughs> with his two <laughs> little like Velociraptor sick. fingers. <laughs> yeah, he's got like one finger. He's like pecking at the keyboard. So funny. And there's so many moments. Uh, Vanessa Williams does a bunch of hacking in this movie too. And there's so many moments with like where you're just doing reaction shot of the person and the shot of the screen and the shot of the person and the shot of the screen and the shot of the person, and some text going down and like squinting their eyes and then some more, you know, some more text and maybe like a, uh, a wireframe 3d model. And there's like the most dramatic music in the world playing over it. Like what's going on here. The music definitely sounded like music from like 10 years prior. Like it was like late eighties action. Guitar There's... riffs, like it was all guitar riffs. I think Last Action Hero, like very specifically, makes fun of that, and it's some yeah. it's some shit that Arnold, like Last Action Hero, was ninety three, so it's yeah. uh, four years before this movie. Um, and I was like, really, Arnold, you're doing this stuff in 1996, 1997? The that guitar riff, yeah, three years ago, yeah. But also, it like fits the movie, so I, I don't know. It feels like this movie should have come out four or five years earlier. I it, it definitely feels like that, and like. It's it's interesting because it clearly had money around. Like this was about a hundred million dollar movie. It made just over two hundred million mm-hmm. back in nineteen ninety six. That's that's a technically a blockbuster. Like it just wasn't critically received well, and fans didn't like it. But it made money, and you know it looked good. Like it, honestly, the CGI was pretty solid. Like I don't care about the ripple things. Like the alligator okay. stuff for nineteen ninety six. Yeah, pretty amazing. Well, yeah, I mean. I I, would, I think there's you can talk about it whether it was good for the time or whether it holds up and both oh, are definitely doesn't both hold are, up right both are valid um, does not 
hold up. I, I think I remember being impressed by it at the time, but watching it now, it's like, eh. But also, there are plenty of movies whose special effects don't hold up, and it doesn't matter because it's got other stuff going for it. Yeah. And this doesn't really, which I, I think this brings me to my, my main point about this movie. Um, I also watched Snake Eyes this week. I'm jumping ahead into my, what have you been up to? I've been bit. meaning to watch. I've never seen that movie, and I've got it on Blu-ray, oh, and great. I've never watched it. All right, so we're going to talk about it a little bit. Um, I'm probably going to spoil it for you, so. Don't spoil it for me. I'll, I'll watch it in the next couple of weeks. No, I mean, I'm not traveling for the rest of the year. Don't spoil uh, it. Well, I have nothing to talk about with this movie then. Uh, I think no, I can talk about it without spoiling Snake Eyes. Um, I'm just I'm thinking about the plot to Snake Eyes and making sure I don't ruin it for you. Anything I tell you, I think happens in the first 15 minutes. So, That's fine. Okay, so yeah. Snake Eyes is uh, about Nicolas Cage, who is a corrupt cop, and his best friend Gary Sinise who is a highly decorated, um, I think he's still in the military, but he's doing uh, private security in this movie. And there's a, you know, a shadowy government conspiracy thing going on as well. So like right off the bat, very similar to this movie. Um, And I think Eraser, if you like try to get to the core of it, it's really about the breakdown of the friendship between Arnold Schwarzenegger and James Caan's character, right? Fair enough. There's a yeah. mentorship, there's a friendship there, and it's never portrayed on screen, but the inference is that Arnold is upset that his best friend and mentor has become corrupt and, you know, tried tried to kill him. Uh, but it's their friendship falling apart. I think that's sort of yeah. the meat and potatoes about it, of it. Sure. And Snake Eyes is has a very similar thing going on, um, but it's explored in like, uh, like that is the point of that movie. De Palma is trying to tell that story. Whereas in Eraser, that's not the story that they're trying to tell. They're trying to do an Arnold Schwarzenegger action vehicle um, yeah. that just so happens to have kind of a similar thing. Um, and like the, there's no, there's no characters in Eraser. Like Arnold Schwarzenegger is who you think he is. And there's a bad guy who yeah. is a bad guy and they're both charismatic, but they're one note, you know, they're two dimensional. Yeah. Um, and Snake Eyes uh, has a lot of the same stuff going on, but um, the characters feel like real people who think about their decisions and have wants and needs and have to uh, make tough choices. And it's so much more interesting. And it was probably made on uh, a third of the budget. Yeah. Well, keep in mind, you got Brian De Palma, one of the best directors yeah. of all time. And then you got the guy who did this and the Scorpion King. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah man uh, let's see the only other notes the only thing I really want to talk about is the airplane scene and the alligator scene um, can I can I break off a few more before we do those yeah uh, <laughs> the mobsters are my favorite part of the movie I think oh yeah no they're the best especially um, at the end yeah yeah like the the, the last act with the, with the uh, the union guys around is the funniest stuff I agree um, he, Arnold Schwarzenegger walks into the room and one of the guys goes who's the tree trunk <laughs> um, I, there's another good uh, good line was uh, nobody screws with the union. <laughs> <laughs> well, I actually no, I liked all that because like they show up and obviously these are mob guys and they initially don't care and Arnold's like this deal's going down on your dock so they're like what the fuck we're not getting a piece of the action oh no hell no and then they show up <laughs> and they're like oh we hear you're unloading cargo without union labor. <laughs> Yeah, which I think you know is a ruse to get the bad guy, but I think they're oh, not—they're not totally um, joking about it. 
No, 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 not at all. But it's it's great. I really liked those characters. Like I agree with you. That's probably the most real and fun part of the movie. Yeah, my I think my absolute favorite moment is when they um turn the 747 around and try to hit Arnold Schwarzenegger parachuting down with it. <laughs> I have that note down. There's no way it turns that sharp. It's so in the good. Time, in the time that he's fallen. Like, no, I mean, he's just no way. He's floating down. Like, where's he going? I yeah, think that's just yeah. a little time dilation for the sake of the movie. Yeah, it's it's silly. Well, the, not whole It's just thing. so it's funny. Like, it's so audacious to be like, all right, so they get into a fight in an airplane, and then Arnold jumps out of the airplane, but then they turn the airplane around and try to hit him with it. That's hilarious. <laughs> Yeah, it's just like, and then he shoots at it. He pulls out his yeah, that's what's gonna be He's got his little handgun and he shoots at yeah. it. And I'm thinking, like, I haven't seen this movie since like elementary school, so I'm like, I don't really remember. I'm like, is he gonna end up back inside the plane because he's shooting at the glass at the pilot and it explodes? And I'm thinking, oh, he's going back in the plane. And then no, he just kind of like bounces off, like around, like he barely. I don't, I don't, did the pilot flinch and like pull know. up or something? I think the barely. I think the pilot didn't want to do it, and he had a gun to his head, and then he realized at the last moment that he could turn the plane a little bit. I guess. Yeah. So he just barely misses, and then Arnold ends up barely not getting hit, but the the it's not jet wake, wash. The stream, the jet stream, kind of like tangles him up in the parachute. So he like falls for like an hour. <laughs> try to get untangled and then like he's got 50 feet above the ground before he gets disconnected and pulls the emergency chute and then just gosh on a card it's like it's that's it's like ridiculous like you need more time to open the parachute than that yeah. but he also landed on the roof of a car, of that a car caved in. which would absorb the impact a little bit and it was like course. it was on top of multiple cars like there's so yeah there. it, it's just barely but, on the mm-hmm. edge of like Right. Okay, it's an action movie. I'll forgive it. Right. By movie rules, it makes sense. Yeah, barely, though. <laughs> I like the alligator that rips off the guy's arm. Well, the alligator thing that I think is hilarious is like, you know, Arnold shows up to like rescue Vanessa Williams and he tells her to go to the zoo. Because he tells her to go to a public place. place, but it's like 10 o'clock and nobody's well, around. She's there all day, though. Like, she shows uh, up I when guess. it's daytime and then like he just takes a while to get there, but she stays at the zoo at night. And, like, he shows up right as they're about to get her, and she's never used a gun, so she's out of ammo. And he's like, oh, no, two rounds. And, like, (laughs) he shoots the glass in this, like, alligator tank, and it just shatters. And, like, three alligators come out and eat every fucking goon in the room. (laughs) And then comes after him, and he, like, has one shot left. And he just perfectly aims it when the mouth is open, blows out the alligator's brains, and he's like, your luggage. So good. (laughs) It's so dumb. I mean, like, I feel like that has to be sturdier than one handgun bullet. The year luggage is what you go to an Arnold Schwarzenegger movie yeah. for, though. But one bullet. Yeah. To, I mean, it's, I feel like. From an somebody, angle, too. It wasn't even straight on. No, like, uh, that means if, like, one person was just being stupid and tapped on the glass wrong, or, like, hit it, like, a little kid hits it with, like, something hard, I feel like that would just shatter. Like, it's shattered. Like, yeah, it was completely. like, it was like clearly breakaway glass for a movie. Yeah, it was, it was and there's, silly. There's so much pressure. Uh, from all the water at the bottom of that tank, you know, that has yeah. to be stronger glass. Uh, we're nitpicking, you know, an alligator eating a guy. I, I don't have anything else. It's it's not a good movie. Um, So many people say you've just been erased. Like, they really yeah. wanted that to be a thing. How was Arnold walking around as much as he was? Like, the beginning of the movie gets his hand, like, impaled yeah. by, like, a nail grenade thing. Yeah. And then... And they're just hiding behind a refrigerator from this x-ray gun. Like, is this a lead-lined refrigerator? Yeah, it's like uh, Indiana Jones. Oh, okay. Um, um, I thought that uh, 
Lee, Vanessa Williams, is like being held hostage in the third act by this uh, Russian guy who pops up who they're selling the weapons to. Right. And um, the tone of the movie is sort of like, all right, well, she's she's uh, tied up and, you know, he might kill her. Also, he's going to rape her. Anyway, back back to the action. Yeah. And that felt uh, a little much. And like James Caan's character, like, is winking at the audience, too. He's like, oh, even I'm not as bad as this guy. Yeah. You know what I mean? And well, it just felt like very over the top. At the end of the movie, just to wrap it up, like, they decide they need to. So Vanessa Williams testifies, but I guess there's still not enough evidence to convict James Caan. Well, no, his... they, they just plan on killing her. It's a, it's the same fucking yeah. thing as the beginning yeah. of the movie. Yeah, so they're just like, oh, you know, we're we're going to go to trial, but, like, Arnold doesn't think there's quite enough evidence, so they decide to erase Vanessa Williams again, and they're in the car, like, the bad guy's in the car, they're all like, ha, 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 we totally got away with it, good job killing Vanessa Williams, and they're like, wait a second, I thought you killed Vanessa Williams, wait, I thought you killed Vanessa Williams. Wait, I thought then, you killed Vanessa Williams. Yeah, and it's just like, they stop on a, a train track, Johnny gets out of the car, and... They blow it up. And it's like, how does James Caan, and how I understand that these guys are rich white men who don't look at like service workers, but like, how would you it's not James recognize? It's James Caan's job. Yeah. How would you not recognize one of the witnesses that you guys just protected? Or I mean, I guess they, they just hopped in the car and they were distracted by the explosion. Yeah, I guess. But you I, know. my, I had that as a note too. But my take on it was this movie ends with uh, John Kruger, who is like the most by the book, uh, do the, I guess, I mean, do the right thing, I guess. But he's like, he's such a rah rah U.S. marshal, you know. Let's, um, let's let the U.S. government take care of everything. Good cop guy, and he decides to assassinate a government official at the end of this movie. Two government officials and. Uh, a very prominent business owner. Yeah. He's just like, <laughs> you know what? This is my call. The, these scumbags are going down. Yeah. Kills him. Kills him. Yeah, I don't, okay. I don't know about that. It's kind of a wild way to end the movie. And, yeah. and Vanessa Williams is like, whoa, what, what happened whoa. to those guys? And he's just like, quips. They caught a train. <laughs> they caught a train. <laughs> I feel like the next moment is Vanessa Williams like, hey, man, I am not cool with you cold-blooded murdering somebody. Yeah. That is straight up cold-blooded. Yeah, he assassinated them. All right. Well, we're we're actually running a lot longer on this one than I thought we were going well, to. I don't have a whole so lot to should... say about the second one. Perfect. Well, let's move on to what have you been up to, bud? It's been about a m- month since we recorded something. We took a we took an episode off, um, so I don't have my full list. I just kind of had to do it by memory. But uh, I know you use the the app a lot more than I do, so I'm sure you've, yeah. you've got everything. Yeah, I mean, I, I actually don't have a ton. We've been watching a lot of um, Buffy. Um, nice in tv shows but um saw black adam i know you did too i did it was fine yeah it, you know what's funny it's kind of like a racer yeah it's kind of it like, better than i thought it was it's a lot be, of but... stuff that we've seen before with a new charismatic actor who hasn't been in some of that stuff yeah it was fine. um yeah it was just fine uh little shop of horrors i finally saw for the first time i've never seen it either it's so good you gotta watch it I'm waiting for the remake because they're, re- they're no. Don't wait. Don't watch. They're the, making a remake right now. I'll watch the original one. Oh, I will watch the original one. But do it now. That's what I'm saying. Maybe by we'll the see. end of the year. Uh, I watched the Redeem Team, the uh, documentary about the um, USA men's uh, basketball team that competed in the Olympics. Nice. Yeah, it's cool, man. It's uh, you know, it's. I did not realize that the the Dream Team, the Magic Johnson, Michael Jordan Dream Team, um, was the first. Uh, 
men's Olympic team that was made up of NBA stars. Yeah, that was a big deal at the time. Yeah, it's crazy. Like, I I grew up with those guys. I know, you know, I know all about the Dream Team, but not that, apparently. Yeah. Um, And then they lost, so they had to to step things up, and that's sort of that story. It's cool. Um, Bodies, bodies, bodies. I had been uh, sleeping on, so it's cool to finally see that. That's a fun one. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. Uh, I saw that, too. I saw The Estate in theaters. Did that? Wait, The Estate. Which one's that one? That's about... um, it's Anna Ferris and uh, Hereditary. Oh my god! Oh, oh, I know what you're talking about. Okay, no, I know. I'm, I'm blanking on her name. Um, uh, fuck, I'm blanking on her name too. She's I know. It's incredible. Just, uh, so Tony embarrassing. Clay. Yeah, she's she's fantastic. It's so embarrassing to forget her name. Tony uh, Clay. Yeah, the Not two of them know. are sisters that uh, go to see their dying aunt uh, to try and get in good with her to get into her will, and it's sort of a um, dark comedy farce. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so it was pretty fun. Um, Snake Eyes, which we talked about. Uh, Black Panther, Wakanda Forever. Uh, yeah, which we should talk about at some point. Um, Weird, the Al Yankovic story, finally. Me too. So fucking good. Yeah, I loved it. I rewatched uh, Funny People the other night, too. I didn't really care for that one, but I've, I've been thinking about rewatching it. I think that's the prevailing wisdom. I enjoyed it. I kind of went into it just wanting to see... Um, that Adam Sandler character because he's kind of interesting, but like right. I wasn't interested in the drama in the second half. Like mm. I don't care about him uh, making Anne Hayes cheat on her husband and blah blah blah. But I like seeing I like Seth Rogen in that role. I like all the comedians. Um, so I I started watching it for that stuff and I ended up finishing it and actually enjoying it more than I thought I was going to. Even though oh, you know, I've seen it four or five times, um, so that was cool. And there's um. You know, obviously, there's a bunch of LA in that movie. Did not realize that I know where so many of those places are. I think I, I, must, yeah. I must have only watched it once since I moved to LA. Uh, but it was yeah. cool to see the Larchmont Lofts and uh, Runyon Canyon and stuff. It's it's interesting now that I've lived in LA uh, almost seven years, where like there's so many times I see movies. I'm like, I know exactly where that is. Mm-hmm. I know exactly where that is. And it's like, you know, it's it's always sunny in Philadelphia. I always yeah. like that's the Fox Hills Ball. <laughs> Oh, we um that's what we've been spending our time doing is watching the league. I never watched that. Oh, nice. We like binged it the last month. Um, yeah, I watched that a few years back. Yeah, it's okay. Um they one of the like whenever they go outside of their bar just down the street, that's the always sunny bar. That's Patty's yeah. right there. Like it's literally the same street, same green doors yeah. and stuff. Yeah, that's funny. That's how they do it. Yeah. Uh all right, I'll go through mine pretty quick. Uh, my first one just says a lot because I watched, I traveled in, in the last six weeks, I think on four out of the six weeks traveling wow. for work. So I was watching a ton of stuff on the plane and everything. So like I fell asleep watching the gray man like three times on Netflix. <laughs> yep. uh, so I'm probably not going to go back to it. Nope. Wakanda forever. We didn't finish. Um, uh, Big trouble in little China. I rewatched. Hell yeah. I watched the Batman again. Hell yeah. Um, I don't remember. I watched a bunch of stuff on the airplane. I couldn't tell you. Uh, I watched this weird future documentary series on Netflix that wasn't very good, but there were like 20-minute episodes, and there's only like six of them. Uh, so I watched it. Watched a bunch of spooky movies for Halloween, but I could not tell you what I watched. <laughs> I could not. I, the only one that I remember was uh, I, I watched Halloween Ends and The Craft, but I watched a bunch of like other like, uh, horror films that I've never seen before, and I just I, I could not tell you what they were. During this time, I had to. We were borrowing a, an HBO Max login, and that person's like, "Oh, you can't have your login anymore." And I had to get a new one, so I don't have my watch list anymore. So I can't remember what what I watched. Uh, but I definitely watched the 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 craft as well. 
I finished my rewatch of The Office, watched Black Adam. Uh, for my birthday, Katrina got me a couple Switch games, so I played uh, Metroid Dread. Uh, let's see. Watched the Maltese Falcon for the first time. Oh, cool. Over-fucking-rated. <laughs> it, I, I don't understand why it has the, the, the status that it has. It's not a good movie. What did you think Humphrey of Halloween Bro- Ends? Same th- as what, how I felt about Halloween Kills. I, I liked some of the ideas that they were going for. I just don't think it was executed yeah. properly. Yeah. I, I, I get what they were going for. I just don't think they did a good job yeah. landing that message. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Wakanda Forever. We briefly talked about. Uh, we started watching Boy Meets World just as like a joke. Like I was just, I saw it was on Disney Plus. I'm like, let's just watch one episode and see how bad it is. It is surprisingly, amazingly good. It's a beloved show. It's it's I, I it's really good. The characters are great. It's heartwarming. Uh and it's surprisingly progressive. Like I didn't realize how progressive it was, and I also didn't realize how little Topanga is in it the first couple of seasons. Oh no. I sure. just remember yeah, Topanga's like in like two or three episodes in season one. She's in about half the season two episodes, and even in the episode she's in, you know, she's in a handful of scenes. Uh and it's not until season three where she becomes a regular. Wow. So, blew my mind, but the show's really good. I would highly recommend watching it. And uh, I guess I got to summarize Eraser Reborn. Good luck. All right. So, you guys remember the movie Eraser? (laughs) What if we just took the exact movie, but got rid of all the stuff that made the original one unique, like the X-ray guns? And, yeah, that's basically it. No, it's it's the same basic premise there, except uh, the guy's name is Mason, and people call him Mace. But he is the best eraser in the land, and he gets involved with this this woman whose name is I can't remember. Let me scroll down in my notes. Rena. Um, so he there he has to protect this woman named Rena, who is going to turn evidence on her crime boss husband. Uh, but she also has kind of a dark, mysterious past as well, and uh, he needs to stay one step ahead of his mentor and best friend who also betrayed Witsec for the sake of money. And uh, yeah, it's pretty much it. It's like, it's it's literally like they took the same script or like, let's just remove all the cool bits from that movie. Let's erase, let's pull, it's a, let's erase the scene with the airplane. <laughs> let's erase the, the rail guns and make basically what should have been a TV series pilot instead of a movie. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. It feels like a like a TV series pilot. If this was a TV series pilot, whether it was on HBO or TNT, TV, I don't care what channel it was on. If I watched this, they're like, this is a pilot for a series. I'd be like, I might watch a few episodes of this as a series. I mean, I wouldn't, but I think that'd be Maybe. a better way to I might it. watch. I might have given it like one or two more episodes if this was a series. Yeah, this was, this was real rough, man. Um, the... the- I'm not sure. I'm, I'm not sure why they thought they needed to remake it, or that it was like IP that would be worth remaking. I, I, yeah, I don't understand it. Like this could have been, it could have been just a generic like action on the run from a government conspiracy thing. But yeah, I don't know why they felt like the Eraser IP was something that was going to draw people in, other than people right. who have a podcast about remakes. Reboots. <laughs> Literally, we're the audience for this. <laughs> it, I read that it was. Um, originally intended to be a sequel but it became a reboot which yeah. is further confounding to me i would believe it more if it was i would uh be more interested if it was actually a sequel somehow but i think yeah, like it, like doing the same movie beat for beat is like why it's not even that interesting to begin and, with and it really is beat for beat yeah. like there's nothing that's different like he rescues somebody at the beginning 
same thing, like you've been erased, makes it look like they got killed. Uh, and then it's the same thing. The woman gets caught as she's about to like turn evidence and she has to confront the person who she's going to turn on. That person dies. In this case, she's defending herself and she like kicks somebody, falls out of a window and dies. But it's the same thing. The person who she's turning on confronts her, ends up dead. She declines protection from the government <laughs> and then she gets attacked. And the the government saves her. The government agent saves her, even though he's not supposed to. And same thing. Gives her a, a, a hideout. Gives her a secret code. Bad guy goes to go kill his own witness and trick the 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 hero into revealing where his witness is. Rescue said witness again. Witness gets kidnapped again. Goes to find the original witness that he saved at the beginning of the movie to help. It's literally the same movie without any of the interesting parts. Yeah, it's like they took the script for the original and they're like, all right, we have to make it a little bit different. So here's a couple iPhone things. We'll do a crypto thing instead of uh, a rail gun, which is way less interesting. Um, take out the 747, make it a hippo instead of an alligator. And that's it. That hippo thing, like I understand what they were doing with it. Like, okay, we're going we're gonna to pay homage to the original and have like a wild animal kill. But it was so much worse because at least in the other one, in the original, like he shoots the glass and it's just like three wild alligators going around and like killing everybody indiscriminately. And this one, he like shows up and he sees the hippo and he's like, hey, Alfie. Yeah. Like, he, does they, he have a pre-existing relationship with this this hippopotamus? So that right before that happens, he tells her that this is like a farm that he bought and he let all the animals go. And then some of them stuck around because they like him. And oh, I must have missed that because this movie was so fucking boring. Oh, yeah. And that, that whole scene is just like, oh, look how good of a guy this is. You know, this guy's really like, um, he's a badass and he kills people, but he also like has a sensitive side. I think that's kind of, that's supposed to be where they fall in love or whatever. But this, this is also like the moment that I uh, yelled out loud at my TV. Um, she has a whole thing where he's like, hey, I can't let you steal that money because it's not your money. You should go out and get a job and earn money with your new life if that's a thing that you're concerned about. And she's like, you know, fuck you. I'm a millennial and I'm a woman and I need to be able to do this and that. And it feels like uh, like boomers talking down to millennials. And then he uh, responds to her by saying, listen, I'm a good cop and there's nothing more that, that a good cop hates than a bad cop. And not all cops are bad, but I'm a good cop. All right. So yeah, all you right. need, you need to chill out little lady. And it's like, it's so fucking cringy. And I was like, oh, this is a, this is a movie about uh, where they explain why good cops are good cops. Well, the other thing that I didn't like about this movie, like the action wise, like the choreography was terrible. Like there were times where you could clearly tell just from the blocking, the angles, like he was a good two feet away from hitting a person yeah. multiple times. There were certain actors that clearly couldn't get the choreography down. So it was really slow and clunky. And almost like they were doing a rehearsal and slow and like <laughs> half speed in a lot of the scenes. But then I'm also thinking, I'm like, okay, he's not as big as Arnold because nobody is. You know, maybe they're going to do something different because that opening scene, he's got all kitted out. He's got like the full face mask, you know, bulletproof mask. And he's like jumping everything. His favorite weapon's a fucking shotgun. But like the beginning scene, he like shows up in this like junkyard to rescue the, you know, the first criminal who's going to you know, a race who's going to come back and help him later on. But he like jumps through the air doing like a, like a flying kick, like a ninja flying kick while holding a shotgun and firing the shotgun in midair and killing people. And it's just like, he also does, oh. he, uh, he, 
kills like five henchmen and then decides to spare the the like capo, like the big alpha henchman who immediately tries to kill him and then he kills yeah. him anyway. And as he's yeah. killing that guy, um, he does like a little capoeira thing and he like shoots this guy while at the same time cutting down the witness who's being, you know, is safe. He's just hanging upside down in a chair tied up. Yeah. And I'm like, why? I guess it looks cool, I guess. But why is he cutting down the guy at the same time yeah, that he he's fighting the right other now. guy? Totally, There's no reason for him to do it yeah, when ridiculous. he did it. Uh, yeah, I know. It, it just doesn't make very much sense. And then you get like to the end of the movie and they show up They're They're also at a dock. The movie ends at a dock just like the last one mm-hmm. did. Uh, and it's insane. So the, the original movie, we didn't really talk about the finale because it wasn't that great. But, you know, James Caan is up in a, on a top of a... a shipping cargo shipping container on this crane and like arnold like drops the crane and it falls and james con being an old man he falls with it and like he's not dead but he's like pretty fucked up this movie it's the same thing like they're fighting on top of a cargo container same thing they get it to drop mason Um, falls with it this time though yeah they they both fall but they get up and it's fine and then there's just a the, the bad guys not only are they like in crypto smuggling money and money laundering they're also smuggling a rhino the same day so they, the rhinos like, they mentioned the a couple times that he's working with poachers but like yeah. it has no bearing on anything yeah it has no bearing on anything but yeah like oh we just happen to be shipping this really rare pregnant rhino <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> who by the way absolutely lost her baby yeah yeah absolutely they, she fell the 40 was, feet in a metal yeah container. the rhino was in the cargo container that fell conservatively 50 feet smash gets out and then the bad guy gets impaled well, like his mentor gets impaled by the rhinos it runs off and he's just like the worst cg we- shot in the whole movie too. it's so bad i actually filmed it but it's like the rhinos ba- the rhino looks terrible like the right ri- the cgi in this movie the rhino and the hippo are not much better than the 1996 alligators yeah about the and same quality neither of them need to be in the movie no they could have saved a lot of money yeah they could have just had them time but like what drove me crazy is throughout this movie like for me, like what, like at least James Conn, you can kind of like have this headspace that he was probably used to be a good cop, and you know he's an older dude, he's been doing it for fifty years, and he's like jaded because he just sees the same right. thing happening over and over. Again. He talks about that too. Yeah, like it makes sense a little bit that James Conn would eventually lost his way. Like this guy is like late thirties, early forties, and like there's no explanation as to why he's just yeah. like he tries to say like why'd you do it? And he's like it's just the money. Like there's no reason. Like he's just a bad dude it's like what i said about uh snake eyes being like the three-dimensional real character real person version of eraser in some ways uh also applies to this movie and eraser like if the eraser characters are 2d the uh two-dimensional the i don't know if you know that abbreviation 2d it means two-dimensional if the (laughs) eraser 1996 characters are two-dimensional the eraser reborn characters are one-dimensional Maybe yeah. even 0.5 dimensional. Like, they're so paper thin. Yeah. No, it, it's it's just silly. Everything's just like, happening because you're watching a movie. Well, I, I, like, the thing that you you mentioned, like, this whole, I'm a good cop, I don't cross lines, rah, 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 rah. <laughs> at the end of the movie, like, this Rena character, it has she has the same joke as, like, Vanessa Williams, like, when they're, like, going over, like, what their cover's going to be, like, Rachel, you really think I'm a Rachel, and the original movie, Lee, was going to be Deborah, and she's like, you really think I'm a Deborah? Same exact joke. Uh, But in this version, like, at least Vanessa Williams was, like, a good person. Like, she was, like, a whistleblower because she saw something Mm -hmm. that was going to result in, like, terrorist actions. Like, this woman was using 
the FBI to like give her cover to like get out of her abusive marriage, which is bad. But like you said, she was pl- fully on planning on stealing like a couple million dollars worth of like crypto in this wallet. And then like when she opened it, like some of the money went away to people that like had money, but there was still like $600,000 left on the crypto wallet when she was like ready to go. But she was like lying. She tried to escape multiple times. She was also like trying to get back. Like obviously she didn't really want to be with this person, but she was like kind of in a relationship with this other crime boss at the same time, like the Lieutenant. And like, she was not somebody who a cop should want to end up with. And there's like no real chemistry. Exactly. Yeah. There's no chemistry, but at the end of the movie, they do the same thing where they pretend to um, kill her and she ends up in this like Matt drops down into the sewer and he's like waiting in the sewer and like the equivalent of Johnny, I don't remember his name, but the the criminal from the beginning of the movie is just like, oh yeah, he's going to get some. I didn't see that coming. Yeah, I didn't see that coming. And then she's like, what are you doing down here? He's like, I'm crossing a line. (laughs) And really? And like the, the bombing her car doesn't really make any sense because the bad guy's already dead. All the bad guys are dead. Yeah, she's not being threatened. Like it made sense in the first movie because James Conn was still alive and was planning on killing her. Yeah, I think the only reason it makes sense was because he wanted her to get a job, and he's just like, "Oh, you're gonna get, you've got a new life as a financial planner. What you always wanted to do." Yeah, and then like he's gonna be with her, so he just defrauded the country. Yeah, he did. For what? Like some chick? I I don't know, man. Um, I also thought it was funny that when they were up on the um. They're hanging from the shipping container, and then like they, he breaks the gears, and the two of the guys fall, and Rena is still hanging. Uh, and then the whole thing with the rhino, ha- or no, no, uh, they fall, and dude is trapped underneath the door. The bad guy is trapped underneath a heavy door. Which the same thing, same happened thing. In the original with yeah, James and Bond. he's like, oh, you know, I can't leave you like this. And he picks up the door. He like went through all this stuff and got double crossed yet again by his friend who always double crosses him. Um, while his girlfriend is hanging from the thing. Like, there's yeah. a shot where she's, like, hanging there, looking down at the two guys. And I just imagine, like, in the, in the back of her head, she's like, what the fuck are you doing? Get me down from here. Right. Who cares about oh, this guy? It, it drives me He's going to try to kill scene. you. Oh, he did it. Yeah. So he does that. He, like, lifts it off, like, I, I can't, just can't quit you kind of thing. Uh, <laughs> and yeah. he pulls the gun. And, but, like, throughout that whole encounter, there were so many times where, like, his mentor friend guy could have killed him there's so many times where like he has him like dead to rights and yeah. then he like shoots him in the shoulder yeah and that or and then like later on there's another point where like he he comes up behind him and he could shoot him and he would never know and then like he just doesn't like it's just so weird where the bat like he just had the good guy mace just had plot armor yeah i will say it's it's interesting to give the um the whistleblower character the the female lead character in both movies it's interesting to give her more agency in this movie but the writing is so bad that it's a wash. It doesn't matter. It's, it's so bad. And there's so many things that don't make sense. So in both versions, the character, even though they're a good cop and they trust the government and like, we, we got to go through the legal system. Uh, neither of them trust anything. Like both of them are, have special clearance where only they know where their witnesses are yet. They put the witnesses in the same place. Like he's just, like you said, he used to own the farm or whatever. So he just keeps bringing people to a city where he owns property. So it's just, yeah. Like both witnesses were in South oh, Africa. And so much of this movie takes place in South Africa. It's like South Africa is, you know, gorgeous. Like I think it's um there are plenty of moments in this movie where I'm like, oh, that's a place that I'd probably visit. That's kind of cool. It seems like there's a lot of good culture there. So much of the movie takes place there. I it, and it gets boring so fast. Yeah. It, it it clearly they just like 
it was cheaper to film there and they just yeah. set all the movie there except for the first 15 minutes. This movie has a lot of like hallmarks of um, like modern globetrotting action movies that are, you know, in the vein of like uh, Jason Bourne, James Bond, Marvel and uh, Fast and Furious movies where they're like hopping all over the planet. Um, and it does that until they get into South Africa and then they're just and there they for just the rest stay. of the movie. Yeah. That's just the whole movie. Yeah. And they're back in Los Angeles for one scene. Yeah. Did you it's, notice how much of the movie and uh, the music in this movie was like wacky? I honestly didn't notice the score in this at all. There was like moments of the soundtrack. There's like two or three moments of, of where the soundtrack was like Danny Elfman esque. Like it sounded like <laughs> like guys were riding around on unicycles, like throwing pies at each other. He also had this like weird thing that he did with like the gun all the time that I've never really seen in a movie like outside of like equilibrium where they have like gun or or john wick with like gun caught like i feel like they were wanting to do like a like a john wick kind of thing but he doesn't do like john wick gun foo or anything like that or like equilibrium but there's like random yeah. times where he'll be like like the bad guy you mentioned at the beginning of the movie that he let live initially with the machete but he does this thing where he like tilts the gun at like weird angles that you would never fire not like the sideways like gangster kill shot thing <laughs> but he does it at this like weird angle and like holds it and it's like where are you pointing this gun at like you're supposed to be threatening the guy but it's not pointed anywhere near the guy yeah i think john wick especially but I'll, probably also kind of jason Bourne, like popularized this uh style of carrying guns in movies where you keep it close to your body yeah and i don't think that this movie i'm no i'm not a, a master of arms or anything but i don't think that this movie understood how close quarters uh gun gunplay actually works no it didn't comes off it's wrong. a bad movie i feel like if that guy fired a real gun holding it like that it would kick back and hit him in the face um so that part Actually, I've seen like videos of time. Like, there are times where you like hold it close when you're going around a corner. No, I know it's a real thing. I'm saying if that but, guy did it, but the way he did it was weird, and like the angles he was holding it at. Yeah, like, that's it what I'm just, saying. It, it was supposed to be like intimidating, but it just looked like a guy who didn't know how to hold a gun. Uh, it almost looked like an actor who's like, "What do I do with my hands?" Yeah. Like the beginning of Talladega Nights. <laughs> right. He says, "You've been erased so many times." It's not a good movie. Um. Hey, is the husband's name Coldstone Creamery? Yes. Uh, he tells his wife, um, you know, you gotta, you gotta impress these guys. Cause I'm trying to sell this building. And he says, oh, yeah. if, if he wants to take you upstairs then you bend over and make him see stars. Yeah. What the fuck? They said, if he flirts with you, yeah, you do yeah. that. Jesus Christ. Um, it's... Hey, did you ever wonder at any point in this movie, if us marshals have jurisdiction outside of the United States? No, I looked it up. They don't. I know they don't. <laughs> It's insane. That's they're U.S. marshals. What are they? There's a there's a scene in the middle of the movie where he um, realizes his friend is betraying them, and they go through like a safe house in uh, South Africa, and his mentor kills the the witness that he's supposed to be protecting. Yeah. Um, and they just like they do a bunch of gunfire. They create a huge scene, and they walk out of the building, and all the townspeople are just standing around, like, "Hey, is everything okay, guys? Like, what's happening here? This is." And they're just walking out there, looking like Americans, wearing bulletproof vests, guns in plain sight, badges out. And I'm like, where are the local authorities? You can't yeah, actually like, be here. No. You just started an international incident. Well, it, it, what's crazy about this is like you mentioned that it was almost it was originally going to be a sequel. It ended up not being. Thank God it wasn't because it wouldn't have made sense to like have less technology. But I was actually like excited to see where they were going to go with it. Like I 
because at the beginning of the movie, the opening credits is like a montage of like 3D scans of people's faces. Then you see like face molds and everything. So I'm thinking like, oh, maybe this is going to have like a Mission Impossible like face mask kind of thing. You're seeing like DNA strands on the computer (laughs) and like social media for the debt. Like I I was like, oh, cool. They're going to address social media. That's an interesting thing to bring up with something like this. But it's only in the opening credits. It never comes back. He and. No, it comes back, but they like hand wave it away. And when yeah. when he's giving her her new identity, he's like, "Yeah, you know, Big Brother technology. We, uh, I'm gonna remap the the points on your face so that when CCTV picks you up, you look like a different person." And she's like, "Ow, cool!" And that's it. Yeah, it's just like the technology, like the what made Eraser the original one even remotely interesting was the weird future tech, and to have a movie that comes out 25 years later. <laughs> And not have like any of it. It's yeah. just silly. Did so you? Not- I, I think. It- go go ahead. Did you notice how many shot uh, like uh, camera shots there were of broken vases? A lot. That whole like bank shootout. They kept on saying. They kept on being like, "Oh, and this guy's shooting. And look at the base that he broke. And this guy's shooting. There's a hole in the wall. This guy's shooting. Look at all these broken bases." It's a bad movie. It was. Need um, this to say. It- I'm just gonna go out and say this is not. One, this is not a movie that needed to be remade or rebooted. It's interesting because every time you see like a Disney remake, I'm not going to get on my Disney soapbox that I've got on before. But, you know, people always complain about like, why don't they reboot bad movies instead of these good movies that we already love as if it ruins the original movie? And like, there's something to be said for that. Like, why not take a movie that wasn't well received, that maybe had a good idea and improve upon it? But they didn't do that. Like, this is not a beloved franchise, so they could have like, made some real swings because they weren't going to upset anybody yet they just did they played it way too safe and it's just it's not an enjoyable movie it's it's just like a diet coke version bland version of the original movie yeah i feel like any director or writer worth their salt would uh that was you know asked to to give a brief on rebooting eraser would have said well you know the last movie um had charismatic actors big action pieces cool technology but not a lot of heart. So what I want to do is try to bring in those other elements, but add a heart, whether that's a message about the state of the world right now or providing characters that actually have three dimensions. And right. They went the other direction. They didn't do any of those things. No, it's silly. Oh, actually, I just sound another note talking about the music. I don't remember the music, but I see my note and it says, why is the music so bad? It's It's, it's like... It's so overbearing at some points and then tonally not the movie at other points. And which... It's insane. Like I'm not at. I, I think everybody should get paid for their art, but there are literally hundreds of thousands, if not millions, of people on TikTok and Instagram and SoundCloud and YouTube making incredible music. It's like you could have found somebody who's fucking cheap who could have done better music than this. I mean, you same could be said for a director. There are people at the American Film Institute down the street from me. Um, that would have worked for half the price, would have loved to be involved in something Given like the this. opportunity. And yeah, exactly. And would have done such a better job. Yeah. It's it's disappointing. Give us your plugs, man. I'm done talking about this movie. <laughs> yeah, man. Um, I'm on the Instagrams at Dysalexic, D-Y-S, Alex, I-C. I'm on Twitter while it's still here, at Polishi, P-U-L-I-S-C-I. I'm also on uh, TikTok and Letterboxd at Polishi. And um if you like shirts and stuff like that, I have a little Etsy store where I sell uh, elder emo and film and TV related stuff. That's called Burn the Scene Boutique on Etsy. And if you use the code Remake Rewind, you get, uh, I think it's 20% off. 
think it was 15. If it's 15, then I'm sorry, it's 15. All right. Well, you guys can check out everything that's MDX Pods related at mdxpods.com, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, all at MDX Pods. Uh, we're also on YouTube, so you can check us out there. You can just search MDX Pods, uh, Remake, Rewind, or Ruin My Childhood, and you'll find us there. If you want to support the show, you can go to patreon.com slash mdxpods. Uh, but that's it. Thanks for listening. Yeah.